Tonight is a very special service because of what we're here to accomplish. On July 1st, Brother Justin DeGarmo was brought on staff as our associate pastor. And tonight we're going to have an official ordination service for Pastor DeGarmo, laying on of hands and prayer. And before we get started, I do want to apologize to the DeGarmo family for this taking this long. I've handled this whole process like I've never done something like this before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've never done something like this before. Uh, I know it's been a boondoggle. It's my fault. We officially voted Brother DeGarmo to be our associate pastor on July 6th with an official start date backdated to July 1st. So right away, I was off to a bad start. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the usual standard of practice for a church is to officially vote and then hire but I decided to unofficially hire and then vote. And um, July was just a hectic month. We had our God and Country Rally, and then we had Silver State. Then the DeGarmos took a trip. Adrian and I and, the, and our boys were taking Grant and Sydney to Minneapolis for, oh, and the cat, to, to fly out of, out of here. And then from there we were in Wisconsin, and then we went to Georgia to see parents. Not sure why I dropped the ball in August, but I did. If you're okay with it, we'll just blame the purchase of the house for that. It sounds like a good excuse anyway. Uh, Next thing I knew, family camp was upon us. But here we are tonight to accomplish what what should have been done two months already. Um, It's two months overdue. So sorry for the delay to Garmos, and I'm also sorry to our church family for how I have handled this whole process. Now, if you want to follow along, you can. Uh, I'm going to start in 1 Timothy 5.22. 1 Timothy 5.22. I won't be offended if you don't turn there, as we're just going to kind of look at snippets and then move on to another thought. But the first statement of this verse is a good jumping-off point because this one phrase highlights the importance of a service like this tonight. 1 Timothy 5.22 says this, Lay hands suddenly on no man. And that's all we need to read right now. In Matthew and Luke, we read of how people wanted to lay hands on Jesus. That's a whole different context. They wanted to take Jesus by force and seize Him. And of course, in the case of Jesus, they wanted to lay hands on Him to destroy Him. But in the context here, when the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and says, lay hands suddenly on no man, the idea is altogether different. The command isn't for Timothy to control his temper and refrain from having physical altercations although that is sound, godly advice. But the meaning is how it relates in placing men into the ministry. The whole context here, beginning in verse 17, is speaking of the elders or the pastors. In verses 17 and 18, we're told how we are to honor, in other words, pay our pastors, take care of them, In verses 19 and 20, we are told how to handle accusations that come against a pastor. 
and then how to handle them if they have sinned. And then in verse 21, Paul continues, observe these things without preferring one another, without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. In other words, we're not to prejudge a situation just because we like the guy. We might happen to think he's a pretty good fella, and there's no way those charges against him could be true. Well, that's the Bible says don't do that. Make sure you get the, hear the conclusion of the whole matter and understand what's actually happening. And then in verse 22 he writes, Lay hands suddenly on no man. Which means do not place somebody into the ministry hastily. And the importance of this event is evidenced by the beginning of verse 21. And it says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels. This is serious business tonight. We are charged by God and His Word never to lay hands on someone suddenly. God is watching. Our Lord Jesus Christ is watching. The holy angels are watching. And of course, the Holy Spirit ought to be directing us. We aren't to rush someone into the ministry. We are to observe their life first. Look at their life in the light of the qualifications that are given for the office of a bishop or also a pastor. And if you're unfamiliar, I believe in most contexts you can use the term elder, bishop, and pastor interchangeably. 1 Timothy 3, verses 1-7, through this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So only after careful observation, seeking the mind of God, do we appoint men into the ministry. And in our case tonight, into the role and office of a pastor. We are to be very careful when we say as a church body, this is the one that God has chosen. And so understand, this is an important and serious service tonight. It's something that doesn't happen often because we're not to do this suddenly. And it is something that God takes very seriously. So contemplate as we proceed here the seriousness of this night. Allow the importance of all of this to sink in. Now, understand that what we're doing tonight is we are agreeing with God on who He has already selected for the position in need of our local church. 1 Timothy 1.12 And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that He counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Acts 13.2 As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. 
It is God who ultimately counts a man faithful. It is God who calls the man. It is God who separates the man. It is God who enables the man. It is God who ordains the man. And it is God who puts the man into the ministry. But then it is up to the local church to be right with God enough to identify and recognize the man that God is calling into a specific ministry or office. And now if you happen to be following along, look over 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Simply stated, this ordination service is a special occasion where the leadership of our local church, with the agreement of the entire church body, will bestow upon Brother DeGarmo the authority to perform and carry out certain pastoral duties as is needed in our situation. Now sometimes when we come to a service like this, we can be tempted to view it as though Brother DeGarmo has achieved something great in his life through his hard work and his labor. However, when we confer authority as a church, understand tonight we are not recognizing an achievement. But we are recognizing and opening a gift that God has placed within Him. You say, well, what is the gift? Back up to verse 6 here. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Which means, or have followed and conformed yourself to that doctrine. The gift of God, listen, is to be a minister for Jesus Christ. What's a minister? It's a servant. And so the the office of a pastor is to serve the local church where God has placed him. In Ephesians chapter 4, it's very clear that God has gifted the local church with pastors. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So the ministers of Christ, in our case tonight, the pastoral gift, is for the developing, the grounding, and the maturing of believers that we might be established in sound doctrine in order that we're not deceived when false doctrine is being taught. Paul encourages Timothy by saying, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul reflects on the upbringing of Timothy and, and he calls to mind Timothy's grandmother and mother and the role that they played. And then Paul mentions the gift that God had given to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1.6, he goes on to say, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. After Timothy had placed his faith and trust in Christ, God placed a gift 
within him that he was carrying throughout his life. But you may have noticed that 1 Timothy 4.14 says that the gift was given by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery, which is the leadership. So the question arises, is it the laying on of hands that is, gives the gift? What is being said there? Well, the, the sense is not that when we lay hands on someone, we are imparting to them a gift. That's not really what's being communicated here. Timothy had already demonstrated early on in his life the evidence of this gift. It is clear from Acts chapter 16 and verse 2 that Timothy's gift was already in use before Paul ever laid hands on him. So the laying on of hands is showing how the gift of God, it must be tempered, being under the authority of the local church and set apart for a specific purpose. In other words, the office uh, to exercise His gift is being committed to Him by our church. You see, in Timothy, the, the gift wasn't received by the laying on of hands. But the gift was recognized by the laying on of hands. The gift is not something we can transfer to somebody else by laying on our hands, or else we would be doing that all the time. It is something that only God can place within a man. It is, it is not acquired, but it is a gift given by God. And, and we must keep in mind that the gift of pastoral ministry, it is not an achievement in our own strength. We're not talking about a gift that is in Justin from Justin. But we are talking about a gift that comes from God alone. It's not about Justin and Cindy wrestling with God that He might impart this gift unto Justin. Now there is a diversity of gifts. The Bible is clear that God disperses those gifts in the body as He sees fit. And tonight we recognize the gift God has given Justin. I remember the first time that Brother DeGarmo taught Sunday school ever in our church. And within the first few minutes, I leaned over to my wife and I, and I whispered to her, this man's going to be a pastor. Now that was five years ago, give or take. What was I saying in that moment? I didn't put it in these words, but I was saying, he's got the gift. It was the Holy Ghost of God who placed this in him. So we recognize this is not an achievement through Brother DeGarmo's endeavors. But this is a call of God imparted solely by God to him. Amen. Now, the laying on of hands, it signifies that a man has gone through a process. We're not laying hands suddenly, but there's been a process involved that we recognize has brought us to this day. The Bible cautions us, I read it earlier, not to give novices positions of authority. Why? They'll be lifted up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. If we could all ordain ourselves, we would do it too early. 
prematurely. And many would fall into the condemnation of the devil because of their pride to rush into something too soon. I can remember thinking I, I was ready to be a pastor long before God ever called me to be a pastor. If we could ordain ourselves, we would make a mess of it. And then what happens is men, if they are running into things, if they're, if they're ordaining themselves as it were, if, if, if that happens, men forget where their gift came from. They begin to be lifted up with pride and they think that they themselves are the gift. So there's a process which must take place where God must anchor and root the man of God in great humility. There must be a time period where those who have received the gift learn humility. And their character must show the ability to submit to God's authority and God's chain of command within a church. So what the Lord does is He brings those who have this gift under the authority of a local church. And then that authority observes them. They lead them and they pay attention to their life. They watch how they respond when they're asked to clean up. What are you asking me for? I'm the man. We watch how they handle rejection of not being allowed to do things that they want to do right now. And we watch how they handle praise. We allow time for God to do what only He can do. And He brings circumstances into people's lives which develops them and brings about the necessary humility and a sober mind for the ministry and a view of themselves. And while no man is immune to pride or safe from being lifted up, over time, the Holy Spirit will lead a church family to recognize that a particular gift is now ready to be opened. God will identify a family for a special ministry. Let me just veer off track here for a minute. So people come up to me. Hey, I want to lead the youth group. Nobody likes Brother Long, I guess. <laughs> I want to lead the teens, or I want to lead this, and I want to lead that. Well, I just met you. You say, that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to do this, and I want to do that. Where are you at on Wednesday night? Where are you at Sunday night? Where are you at... Sometimes i got to ask, where are you at the two Sunday mornings a month that you're not here? I'm simply saying there's got to be a time where we observe. And we wait and see, does this individual possess what he says he does? Well, back to my notes. Brother DeGarmo didn't just preach a good sermon one day, and we all patted him on the back and said, cool. And he said, you know what, I'm going to go submit my retirement paperwork. And we're going to lay hands on them. That's not how this went down. Justin and Cindy have been serving for many years. They have had times when they have been told no. They have had times when they have learned to wait. Times when they have been through challenges in their life. 
And through it all, the God-ordained authorities in their life have been observing and paying attention to them. And then when God decides the time is right, after a period of prayer and fasting, God gives the leaders of a church the wisdom to agree with Him that the time has come not to impart a gift, but to recognize a gift and then employ that gift in the local church. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. When Paul is saying that, he is not speaking generically. At this moment, Timothy has been called for a specific purpose. An ordination is when over the course of time, a specific need arises, and at that time we bring about the ordination for that specific purpose. This is why I'm against these, the idea of an ordination board where we get pastors from around the local area and just grill a guy. He's not being ordained for that church down the road. He's being ordained for this church, for our specific purpose. I really don't care what the other guy down the road thinks. Well, you sound local church. Yeah. Now, if he's catching Justin stumbling out of a bar, I'd like to know that. As I mentioned earlier in Acts 16, Timothy was already being used by God, but it wasn't until there was a specific need did the Holy Ghost lead the Apostle Paul to ordain Timothy for the purpose of assisting and helping him in the area of pastoral ministry. Ordination, then, isn't just because someone has a gift. Many of you have gifts and you're using them, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to be ordained. And ordination is, is very specific. And ordination isn't just because a, there's a gift. It's not just because someone has paid their dues and then we lay hands on them. This gift was already in Timothy early on, but God's timing had not arrived until Timothy had yoked up with the Apostle Paul. And so what happens in a local church is the need arises and God says, this is the family that I have chosen to fill that need. So this is not a general ordination as other groups do or even some seminaries or colleges do, but this is, this is due to certain needs which have arisen and Justin is being authorized to perform certain duties in the church. And we are just bringing Justin into that purpose. And then as God sees fit, He can change and adjust and evolve that call as time goes by. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. We need to understand that while gifts are free, they sometimes come with a cost. Say, what do you mean? Suppose I give you a brand new car. I want to gift you a new car. Well, that gift while it is free to give it to you, comes with a cost. Tax, tag, title, fuel, maintenance, insurance. You ever been given a gift? In essence, a guy just gave you a bill. (laughs) Timothy experienced the cost associated with the gift that God gave him. Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Why say that? He was being despised. He was being despised also because he was half Jew, half Greek. 
he experienced the cost of the gift of the ministry. Therefore, there was a temptation on Timothy's part to neglect the gift that God had given him. Neglect is not something accidental. It is something that is done on purpose. It is a willful decision. The temptation is to say, thank you for the gift, but no thanks. I've counted the cost and I'm not interested. Thank you for the call, but no thanks. I've grown tired of the rejection. I'm tired of the despising. I'm tired of the challenges. And I think I'll just go and do something different with my life. The challenge for Timothy would be to flee from the gift and not embrace the call of God upon his life. So Paul charges him, neglect not the gift that is in thee. In 2 Timothy 1.6, he puts it this way, stir up the gift of God, which means to fan the embers and to bring the gift back into a, a, a roaring fire, a flame. And there's a challenge, and there's a cost with the gift. But don't neglect the gift. Keep it stirred up. Keep pressing on. Keep going forward. Don't stop using the gift that God has given you. Brother DeGarmo, you've got a good wife. You'll need her for you to stay in the ministry and to be used of God. I have no doubts that God has gifted the both of you for the service of our Lord. And I know you both know this, but there is a cost with this gift. It is the most wonderful gift you can get, but it brings tremendous trials. God's people are well-meaning, but even God's people can do things that hurt you there's going to be some despising. There will be challenges. Financial, physical, emotional, spiritual. Both of you will face. And there are times that even your children will feel them as well. There are times when you will cry. There's times that your wife will cry. There's times that your children may cry. And you might be tempted to think, why am I doing this? Maybe I should just do something else with my life. It's not an easy task to be a man of God. You'll need God's mercy, grace, guidance, strength, and power. There may be times you want to neglect the gift that is within you. But on the authority of God's Word, when the dark hours come, please don't neglect the gift that is in you. Never doubt in the night what God has revealed in the light. And brother, this is something I've had to work on. Because these moments do come, always remember there are more that love you than despise you. Remember those God has allowed you to reach through your life and ministry. Don't allow the few despisers to deter you from those who love you. In those moments, remember that while the cost may be great, there's no other gift that exceeds being used of God in the ministry of the work of the Lord. 
And not only will you see the rewards and benefits in this life through the lives and the souls you've touched, but one day, God will call you home. And you'll stand before our Lord and hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you'll be rewarded by our Lord in the life to come for using the gift that God has entrusted you with. And to the DeGarmo children, think about this. In Ecclesiastes 1.1 we read the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. We find the word preacher and we find the word king. Preacher is capitalized and king is not. Don't ever be ashamed that your daddy's a preacher. Because God thinks more of the preacher than He does of the king. So Justin, I charge thee before God, the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, neglect not the gift that is in thee. I heard Brother Hetzer say this. I, I leaned heavy on him for help. He said this, Ordination is when God's church gives authority to God's man to open up God's gift. And the common denominator is God. Now to all of us in here tonight, Justin's not the only one who has a gift. We are taught that when we get saved, the Holy Ghost gifts us for the local church. Just as God has gifted Justin and has a plan for Justin and Cindy, to all of you in here in Christ and members of this local church, God has gifted you for this body, for God's glory. Allow God's authority to affirm your gift and direct your service. It's troubling to consider how many have been gifted of the Lord, but because they won't submit to the authority in the local church and to God's authority, they never saw their gift realized. They never allowed authority to guide them and direct them into service. And so I ask you tonight, church, would you allow those God has placed over you in the Lord to confirm and direct the gift that God has imparted unto you? And to everybody in our church, preachers aren't the only ones that go through hard times. When you go through hard times, I want to encourage our church, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Sometimes serving the Lord in a good church is still challenging. It can be hard on you and your family. And there might be times when you want to drop your service and you want to neglect the gift. But I want to encourage you, never neglect the gift that is in thee, but keep persevering for our Lord. Now before we lay hands on Brother DeGarmo, we'll have a time of invitation and you can respond in any way the Lord may be leading you. And I'd ask you to get your heart right before we go into the next part of our service. Let's pray and I'll ask a pianist to come up here. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the gift that you've given to everyone in Christ. Though those gifts vary and differ, we know that there is a specific purpose for each member of the body. And I pray that everyone here would search and see to see what it is you'd have for them to do and then get busy doing that. And so, Lord, I pray now that you'd move in hearts and then prepare us as we get ready to enter into the next part of our service as we lay hands on Brother DeGarmo and pray for him. 
And so now I pray that you'd work in hearts for Christ's sake. Amen.